and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. Oh, baby. Jeff Goodman, he's got to be in a residence inn or someplace. That's not his kitchen. Wow. He's in, he's somewhere on the road. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you right now? In Houston. I, I flew from Vegas uh, directly to Houston. Rather, than, usually I come home in between, but it, you know, you're in Vegas to come all the way back for a day to then go back. I was just like, you know what? And the McDonald's All American Game is tonight, and uh, I like to see those kids. It, it it's not usually in the same city as the Final Four, so I'm going to go over and see the the top high school players tonight. And then uh, I'm sure I'll see Robert later in the week here in Houston. All right, here we go. This is uh, the wonderful world of Jeff Goodman right now, brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, now live in Massachusetts, if you haven't heard. Bob, what's with the shirt? I have the honor of the Transylvania Pioneers women's basketball team, undefeated, 32-0, who on Saturday afternoon in Dallas will be playing Equally undefeated, Christopher Newport of Newport News, Virginia. How many times, Jeff, in your experience, has anything like that ever happened at any level in any sport, really? Two undefeated uh, teams, not in basketball. I mean, too many games. They're both undefeated. Someone's someone's season-long dream is going to be crushed. (laughs) And that's very unusual. And uh, uh, this is out of loyalty to Transylvania and my friend, the school president, Brian Lewis. Okay, we will get – Bob wants to talk to, about a controversial call coming up with San Diego State in a minute. I know you were thinking about it. I saw the same thing. Um, but first, let's just get our overall thoughts. Jeff, we'll start with you on the Final Four as it is set up now. Well, I actually want to get your thoughts, Gary, because um, I think for the diehards like like Bob and I, we're fine with the field the way it is. We're fine with without a, a ton of heavyweights, and obviously we know it's, it's UConn-Miami. UConn's won four national titles. And then the other side is San Diego State against FAU. You know, two teams that I don't know how many people, casuals, are excited to see. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Jeff, and I'm glad you brought it up because this was going to be my take after you guys get going. The the face of college basketball has changed drastically. And while it is good for the game, it is good for the execution of the game because we have seen some terrific basketball. Don't get me wrong. Commercially and economically, it's a disaster. Are you interested at all? Are, are you, as a casual fan, interested in the Final Four? What level from one to ten? Uh, six. Because I, I am interested in UConn because I do. I'm interested in the coach. You know the other Hurley. Yep. You know, and my kid went. My kid went to his basketball coach once. The basketball camp. You know. Okay. You know. Yeah. But, and, and I was so. I'm like, worried I, about I'm this. In- That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about a, a few things. All right. First of all, the reason we are where we are is because um, you've got. The transfer portal, you've got uh, NIL, you've got these right. uh, inflated balls that don't help the, the three-point shooting right now. Uh, they're they're overly inflated uh, because the people that are actually blowing up uh, the air in the balls are not actually basketball guys. It could be anybody, but it's so get Brady Get Brady's manager on that. I know, it's inflate gate, not deflate gate. Um So I think those are the main reasons. Then you add the extra COVID year. For four years now, this is year two. We're going to have two more years of this where you're having 25-year-old kids still in college playing against 18-year-olds. And that's a significant advantage. So Well, here's another thing, Jeff, is that uh, 
So yes, I think it is less appealing to the it is less appealing to the casual fan. Yeah. I am a basketball fan, so I I will watch, but uh I think overall um people need the Indianas and the North Carolinas and the Duke. And here's another thing. Are any of these guys from Florida Atlantic or San Diego State are they playing in the NBA after this? Uh probably not. Probably. See, that's another thing. People want to see the new stars of tomorrow. So commercially, I think it's a disaster for the hard league. sell. It's a hard rating sell. Already the tickets have gone down on the secondary market about 40%. Sure. And Houston's not a great city to have it in anyway because it is incredibly spread out. You've got some people staying by the arena, which is 20, you know, 20 minutes away from downtown. I'm downtown. There's people staying in the Galleria. That's 20 minutes from both downtown and the arena. The best places, Bob Dozes, to have the Final Four are those that are condensed. Indianapolis, New Orleans, San Antonio, with good weather oh. also. Yeah, here's over. another thing. And let, Bob, before you get going, let me I'll throw this out to Bob. Who travels? I mean, you know, when you talk about... UConn. It's, Just it's UConn. Just huh? UConn. Just UConn. UConn, right? I mean, San Diego State, anybody from the Aztecs traveling? They actually have a good, they have a good, smaller, diehard fan base. Their, their, their home court advantage is awesome. VA, VA has center is when I, actually, I will say this. When I covered the two games between Kawhi Leonard and Jimmer Fredette, and I went to both at San Diego State and at BYU, those might have been, honestly, if I'm ranking my favorite games, my favorite atmospheres, of all I've covered in college basketball history, those are two of my top 10. But, but again, no, they're not Duke. They're not Carolina. They're not Kansas. You know what it is, too? We've lost a lot of big-time coaches from the game that are faces of the game. Sure. So now, you know, Jim Laranega, yeah, it's a cool story. I mean, I call him everybody's favorite grandpa. That's that's what I – because he is. He's just – he's that likable dude who's a storyteller. But, you know, Danny Hurley is the villain here. And I don't know how many people even know who Danny Hurley is. All right. Number one, I'm going to hit one thing you said. Those are the only three places the Final Four should ever be, the three you mentioned. Period. Yes. If you get down to one, it's yes. Indianapolis. So, I mean, all right. Now, you're right. Uh, now, everything you said, both of you guys, uh, reflects the feeling of a majority of American sports fans. Yep. Uh, I, I totally concede that, that you need the big names. It's true in every sport except football. It's true. It's true in baseball. You hear people moaning when, if, you, you know, if or NBA. I remember one year, for example, guys, it was a really good possibility of a Utah, Indiana, uh, Indiana and Indiana finals. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I thought it, it would have been a terrific finals yes. on on the court which nobody would have watched outside of diehards like me, you know? So yep. I understand that phenomenon in American sports. People need the big, big game. And it's, it will be a low rated, you know, I mean, whoever wins the UConn Miami game uh, uh, is, versus the, uh, whoever wins the other game, yeah. going to be probably the all time low. I'm going to call it right now. People won't care. And that's too bad. But uh, so, yeah, this is it is a problem for the for the NCAA. Uh, but I don't know. If, now, here's the big question. I'm not the big, a big question. Is this the absolute wave of the future, Jeff? Or are we just in a little bit of a transition period? I mean, I, I think, again, because of the extra COVID year. That's yeah. the big thing right now. That's that's the, you know, the portals, the portal, NIL. Yeah. But again, 
those guys, whether it's NIL or not, like there's, there's, you know, yeah, some schools will benefit. Miami benefited from the NIL this year, right? They were able to get Nigel Pack. Like they fought Purdue for Nigel Pack. That it's a great example, Bob. Well, Purdue uh-huh. didn't have NIL. They didn't have NIL, so they couldn't. That might have been the difference for Purdue getting here. And, well, and the other Nigel Pack, Jeff, is he the guy on his third school? No, he's the one only a second school transfer from Kansas State, and okay. it came out publicly that John Ruiz is the big booster at Miami. He owns a company called Life Wallet. He came out and publicly said, which is stupid, that he was giving Nigel Pack a two-year deal worth four hundred grand each year. Um, most of the other kids, they, we know they're making an IL, but his it came out. The actual numbers came out, and uh, it, it's huge, huge because again, like a school like Miami, yeah, they're not getting Nigel Pack probably without without NIL there, uh, and that did help them get North Chad O'Meara, their big kid, got big NIL. Big NIL. It didn't come out publicly, but he got a transfer from Arkansas State. Well, those two dudes, without those two, there's no way in hell in Miami's here. Right. No chance. We've got to talk about FAU for a minute. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is a school that came into being in 1961. And I looked it up because I just, it is a school that people like me, which I think is like 99.8.75% of the population, did not know the difference between FAU and FIU. Right. Until this tournament. I I had to look up and see which one was where located. Really? I had no idea. Uh, Did did Mike Jarvis coach at FIU uh, and Florida International for a while? FAU. He did. Oh, he coached at FAU. See, I don't even. This is just what we're talking about. They are so obscure in this discussion. They're so out of the mainstream, so far fetched. You know, it's incredible that they're in the same discussion with a multi champion like UConn, who's a. You know, UConn's a blue blood now. They've been blue bloods for a quarter century. They're blue right. and and um until and, and they're going to continue to be blue buds as with Danny Hurley there I think I, so anyway this FIU Bob FIU was Isaiah Thomas oh Isaiah Thomas that was the, Jarvis, the train wreck somebody down there too that was the train wreck that was was yeah. Isaiah. okay FAU okay. FAU has had their share of former NBA guys which you will know Sidney Green failed there uh, Mike Jarvis Senior failed there Michael Curry. So, like, two former NBA guys, Sidney Green and Michael Curry, were both terrible there. Dusty May took over after Michael Curry and has done – the former Indiana manager Obviously. has done <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. That's a great story. Now, the other – their opponent, I have long maintained, is the sleeping giant of college sports, San Diego State. I never could understand why they weren't perennial good in everything – Simply yeah. because who wouldn't want to go to school for four years in San Diego? I would. Yes. I mean, I just thought that they would always should be good. And now they've had their little football moments. We know that. Yeah. And and they had Kawhi Leonard, and I saw that. I was covering that tournament. And yep. by the way, I didn't think he was anything. Because well, he couldn't I, shoot. He couldn't I blew shoot. that one. Yeah. <laughs> the other one I blew was Chris Paul. We can talk about that someday. But anyway, um, San Diego State is this is their moment that they I think is not surprising that someday it was going to happen. So that's okay. You know, and of course, and it, but so it's, it's just interesting, their presence, you know, that the, 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 these two guys are here the same. Now, if there was ever a year when we're going to have this, it was this year. We all know this is the, this is as weird and wonderful and wild a year as there ever has been with, 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 with perennial, uh, with multiple number ones, with two weekends in a row where one and two lost the same night <laughs> on the Saturday night and which, the first, the four number one seeds, the fewest losses was five. 
I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. Yeah, no, it's so been if it's ever going to happen. It was going to be this year, guys. No doubt, and 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 that's why again you're surprised at which teams got there. You know, because you look through it and you're like, all right, there's no way FAU, San Diego. You, you kind of said that about all these teams. There's no – well, but you knew somebody was going to crash the party. Somebody. You just you just didn't think it was going to be these three. And, and a UConn team that, frankly, Gary, when I was there before the start of the season, even Dan Hurley was like, yeah, yeah, we're like top 25-ish. They didn't have a point guard. Right. But, but they have a pro in Jordan Hawkins. He'll be a, a lottery pick, I think. Um, and two stud bigs in Adama Sinogo and oh. Don McClain. Now, the, the thing that's changed it, Bob, for UConn, like I remember Hurley takes over the program, and he had to take UConn from URI, and he takes it over, and then he realizes, oh, shit, it's not easy to recruit to the American Athletic Conference. Where <laughs> I've got to tell these kids that they're going to play against Tulsa, Tulsa, East Carolina, and some of these schools that they've never heard of. So he's bitching and complaining about the American and the best day of his career, other than when he went to the final four was when they went from the American to the big East, because then he could get guys like Hawkins, like Sonogo. And, and he's done a great job with this group. Um, they're the clear favorite. And, and again, Hurley, he's not a, a, you know, again, he's not your, your, your traditional villain, but he's entertaining as hell on the podium as Bob will find out on the court, obviously with the refs, there's nobody more entertaining. Look, just put a camera on him. Well, all he's, team, he's and, the coach. You're fixated. He's the coach, most likely to get a crucial tee at the wrong moment. Yes, he's yes. proven that. He he's and his he and his brother. Yes. No, no Bobby's a bad, but I don't associate him as much as Danny. Oh yeah, you, you just don't see him as much in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. You don't. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right, uh, guys. UConn, we're going to talk about UConn, uh, yeah. Gary. I, they're, they're a yes, unique, they're a unique team in the history of sport. Nobody ever brought a useful seven-two guy off the bench in the history of college basketball that I know of. Other than UCLA with Sven Nader, but he wasn't seven-two. Sven Nader, he was six eleven. Oh! I caught that one on the fly. I didn't want to. I don't. But 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 no one's ever brought a seven-footer off the bench like this. They've brought six eleven. <laughs> Sven Nader. The only reason I remember Sven Nader is he was the other net, other than Doctor J. He was the other guy in the nets. Right. Uh, I, we, Bob has some uh, wants to talk about the the call against San Diego State coming up, and uh, okay. Jeff's going to tell you schedule. So real quick, so Bob, San Diego State call at the end of the game. I saw the call, and at first my gut reaction that's that's a non call. That was my gut reaction. That's a non call. The guy did hit the floor, so I was a little wishy washy after that. Your thoughts? I have tweeted that. I believe that I could be the devil's advocate argument either way. This is an unwinnable argument. There is no absolute right and wrong. I don't want to hear about if it's a foul in the first minute, it's a foul at the end. No, I don't believe in that. I think it's I don't believe that at all. And I think, and the kid admitted that the chat wasn't disrupted. That the left hand was grabbing the Jersey. That's hard to refute. He did it. But you had to see the replay and the seat for us to see that he did it. It, it didn't knock him off. It, it, you, you hate seeing the game decided that way. That's we all agree to that. Everyone agrees. Oh, sure. Then everybody agrees. Then then we disagree about the severity of it and whatever. But I, I I wish it had not been called. I didn't want to root against the kid. You know, part of me said miss him, miss him because that wasn't the way the game should end. But you don't want that kid to carry that around the rest of his life either. If they lose the game, I don't want that. So I didn't want that either. 
Um, but uh, I wish it not, had not been called. If, and, and I think for me, it's about a 60-40, you know, that uh, uh, I'd rather that it wasn't called than, okay, uh, there was technically it was a foul. But it's right. just an inopportune moment for that. I agree with that. Foul. I agree. Technically, it was a foul. Technically, it was a foul. It sucks because you're right. You don't know how much it affected the shot, but the and ref they, had the angle. I mean, he had the angle on it. Because oh, uh, here's the other thing that, that an argument people are making, which I support. You know how many fouls were called in the second half of that game? Go ahead. Eleven, and they were calling it loosely all night. Yeah, like, that is an argument that that we. Yeah. The hard part. The hard part is these these refs are are evaluated. So they want to get to the final four. Oh, I see. They're close. They're so close. So they're thinking to themselves, I can't miss one here. I cannot miss a call. I got to call it the right way. There's a lot of pressure on them. Well, the guy went by the book. I don't think that if you're evaluating that official, and Jeff, you may know him. I don't know. But if you're evaluating that official, you you have to say he did the right thing. Yeah. I, I, I thought, again, he had his he certainly had his hand on the guy's kind of right above his hip. And uh, – you know, again, yes. I, yeah. well, and a kid, but I love, let's give credit to uh, two parties here. The kid for publicly admitting it didn't disrupt his shot. Yep. Yep. And uh, McDermott, uh, the, 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 uh, oh. the reaction. Of, did you see of, the post game? Did, did you see McDermott talking to his team after the game? Have you watched that video yet, Bob? Uh, no, I just read some oh. uh, excerpts. You'll cry. I mean, just. Talking to the team in the locker room. I mean, a lot of these are, are similar, I'm sure. But this one, they put out there publicly. And it's, oh, it's like extreme. But, but that, that's taking a high road. And that's that's an example that should be followed and set, you yeah. know, by a lot of people. So that's, so if there's any, quote, good to come out of it from, you know, he he he, he didn't pour salt into a wound. And matter of fact, he he he, he did his best to. To make the kid to make every the situation better, I, I, so that's a good thing to have. But it's the nature, you know, it's the nature of the game, I, and you know the name that came up right away, and 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 uh, John Clockerty, you know, nineteen eighty nine, uh, Romeo Robinson, and and uh, and and then the same thing happened. They 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 took him off the hook as, as much as possible. But uh, you know, if I'm a referee, it's my nightmare. I mean, yeah. imagine I want you know, what's going on in the three referees' heads as that ball, either way, you know, as that ball is inbounded. Please God. Don't put us on the spot. You know, I, I, that's you what I would be thinking. That's the problem. No matter what you call. I mean, I get it all the time on Twitter now. It's never the team's fault that, that they lose, according to the fan base. Never. <laughs> it's always the official's fault. Even though always. they didn't make a three in the second half or whatever. Or say, you know, and, oh, yeah, like Gonzaga. Gonzaga lost by 30. Okay, they lost by 30. Oh. And it was still the, the fourth foul on Drew Timmy which was not a great foul called by John Gaffney. But trust me, if Drew Timmy had played 40 minutes with zero fouls, Gonzaga was the other thing, and, and I, I agree with you, it was a terrible fourth call. He His third call was unforgivable on him. Yeah, yeah. He put himself yeah. in that position with the, right. with, with a stupid yeah. third foul. Yep, you right. There's another historical reference along the way in the tournament. I never forget, and, and, and I do, you know, same thing. Everybody bitch and moan because the guy got the fourth foul, but it was the third foul that, that right. put him in that so yeah, put him in the stupid fault. No, Timmy, there's no argument there. And for me, no, no, Gonzaga, you, when you lose by 28, I'm sorry. Well, no. it, no. it's true, but also, yeah. And I, you know, I picked them. They were my guys, you know, yep. and, and, but, uh, you know, 
meanwhile, uh, let's let's go Huskies. I'm going to come on board here. I, not, and I love Larinaga too, as as I, I very much. But hey, why not? Uh, all, all four. I mean, it's it's going to be cool for me because again, like it's just a different group. Brian Dutcher, San Diego State coach uh, Gary got the job, head job in his late fifties. He's been an assistant forever with Steve Fisher with the five. Recruited five the, he, he recruited them, right, Jeff? He yeah. Did. He was the one who recruited a lot of the fab five. Yeah. Okay. One more question. Um, I had one for you after, oh shit, I forgot already. Um, senior moment. Yeah, you got Dutcher, Dutcher, you got Dusty May, you got Larinago who's been oh, I know. before, but this is it for him. You know, this is probably his last shot. Uh, and Dan Hurley, who's again, an enigma, an enigma. Were you aware that this is the first Final Four uh, since 1979 that doesn't include a, a, a McDonald's All-American? Yeah, I just saw Jeff Borzello tweeted that the okay. other day. Wow, that's fascinating. But that, you know, again, we, we've gone the different route now where these high majors right. are now taking transfers because they know right. looking at Kentucky and Duke over the last 10 years, you're generally not winning at all or getting to even to a Final Four is hard without older dudes. So maybe at the end of the day, it's it's a little tough love, and maybe it's better for the league because now you'll have some of the big schools with some veteran players on the team because we all right. know it's a lot to have a 19-year-old phenom as a freshman come in and lead your team to a championship. Those guys are few and far between. Uh, uh, so maybe if you have some veterans on the team, it's just gonna it's just better basketball. I mean, let's face it. They don't it's have the big names, class. but when you have guys that are more mature, it's better basketball. This freshman class wasn't very good either. That's the okay. other. That's the other aspect. And the top kids, a couple of them are going to overtime elite in the G League uh, Ignite. So you're losing a couple of those guys would be going at Kentucky or Duke. They're the highest end dudes. Right. They're going to be drafting the top five. Scoot Henderson and the Thompson twins. They go to G League Ignite and and overtime elite. So it's different. The the disparity now closes. You don't have as many great elite high school guys all right guys jeff i know you're tight on time you want to uh do you have a final thought on, the, on what we're going to see here coming up with the final four you want to get to caitlin clark no i want to get to Kate, caitlin clark okay go ahead because I, okay. no. I i tweeted it two nights ago i've seen her in person i saw her against uconn earlier this year if if you told me right now you could pay you you pay to watch one person in college basketball play a game I would pay to watch Caitlin Clark over any men's player. That includes Brandon Miller. That includes anybody, anybody, Jordan Hawkins, whoever you want to throw at me, Bob. I'm Caitlin Clark is the most exciting women's player I've seen. And I'm, I'm not going to say I've watched a ton of women's basketball, but since Diana Taurasi for me. Yeah. yeah I remember seeing her as a freshman going, wow. And, uh, but yeah, uh, cause she's getting huge publicity now. She's gotten a big story in USA today. She's got a big story in New York times today. Yeah. You know, but she deserves it. That that game she played the, the last time out. The, the, All right, I, I got to go, guys. I got to go. They're kicking right, just, as you leave, leave, just you. Cindy Blodgett, University of Maine. We'll throw uh, it. Yes, Cindy Blodgett. All right, Bob, uh, see you, Jeff. All right, Bobby's going to go. Uh, anyways, go ahead, Bob, on Caitlin. No, but just, no, she's, I can't dispute anything that Jeff's saying. And, and uh, you know, she's remarkable. And then she's going, you know, and it's the dream game in, co in women's sports, college basketball. That they've been hoping for people who follow that game. We're going to have we're going to have a semifinal game of, of, of uh, uh, Iowa versus uh, South Carolina. And by the way, I took a, I watched the whole South Carolina Maryland game, and uh, you know they are extraordinary. And they're they're going to if they win, and if they, this is the way they always play, they're going to win on one facet alone, and and well two the defense. 
Two, offensive rebounds. Their best weapon's a missed shot. They rebound about 40, 40% of their missed shots. 40%. I mean, they're going to, can, can a woman, I was going to say, can women live on second shots alone? Apparently, yes. In that case, well, you got a pair of six sevens, and they're not always out there together, but they got them. And, and, and Boston's the best, you know, the best big person, if Caitlin's the best player. Uh, but they didn't play that well against Maryland to me. I think they got to be able to play better than that, you'd think. But maybe this is the way they play all the time. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to see. Uh, Bob, on the Celtics now, the headline that I saw today is Celtics want to – they want the first spot. They they want to overtake the Bucks. So it seems that maybe they've come out of the fog a little bit here for the final run. Well, certainly the last three games that they, they've, they've – put up the big scores and they're playing better, more like the way we want, we want to see them play and the way they were playing in November and December. But yeah. Maybe this is, maybe they have hit it, but um, let's see what happens with playing the Bucks this week. And, and, uh, and that's a big game. Even, uh, even if they don't win, I want to see how they play in that game. That's all. And well, and I want to win it. Of course, it's a huge game. It's a, it's a, if they're going to do this, they have to win that game. I think it's safe to say. Uh, well, I think I like I think when you when you speak of Robert Williams, obviously if he's if he's healthy and he's in it, you can they have it they have as good a chance as anybody. Uh, yeah. as they have the most. I insist that they have the most good players. Yeah, and I oh, agree. Sure. But I will say this: if Jalen and Jason, if everybody is on the same page, even without Williams, they can give it a go. It's not as easy. Trust me. I mean, without Williams, they can lose to Fed. Look, they can oh, no. lose to Philly anyways. I still, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not counting out Philly. I'm not, certainly not going to count on Milwaukee. Um, and they could lose to either those two teams in the playoffs and be, and not feel shame, as they say, and and feel, you know, for a, a, a hockey term there from Slapshot, you know, and, and be fine. Um, but, you know, if they, if they have Robert, it's a game changer, obviously. But I still oh. think they can win it without him. Ooh, well, that would be a feat. that would be a feat. I, 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 I'm skeptical about that, but I'm glad to see you know that he's back and working. I just you know just every time he goes on the floor, you hope he walks off the floor properly, you know. So yeah, um, so yeah, there. The how about the, the Brown? The way Brown's playing, you know, right now, I, I'm, you know, we we've talked in the past about the relationship between Brown and Tatum and, and, and Tatum seems like a nice level-headed young man and all that. But I, I just wonder if there's an element of competition there. That of is, course there is. I mean, Bob, uh, I, Brown, I mean, Brown think about certainly it. wants to acclimate. Brown wants acclimation. He wants approval. Sure. I mean, look, he wants credit. In, in fairness, in fairness to this generation. Okay. And we have been critical of it, but we're also not in it. In fairness to this generation, all-star games mean something. Shoe contracts mean something. I mean, my son can tell you who has all the shoes, you know, <laughs> where Bob Ryan I had no idea you who was who was coming off. Bob Ryan could tell you who was the sixth man on every team in the NBA, right? Kids don't tell you that anymore. They tell you who has each shoe. That's just the time we're living in. Oh, when I grew up, there was, there was one shoe. You wore Converse or you didn't right. play. Chucks. You know, right. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the court. 55 years ago when I was taking the court without my, my Conward high tops, my Converse high tops, you, right. you wouldn't wear anything else. All right, so, 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 I mean, that's just like, so the shoe contracts, the commercials, the endorsements, the all-star, the all-star appearances, it all means a lot to these guys. The individual, um, the individual treatment, like Jalen Brown wants to be considered the equal to Jason Tatum. It's obvious. 
And I think at the end of the day, he's probably going to leave because of it. And I just think that's the reality we live in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm resigning myself. I'm preparing myself for that. Right. Thank you. You're right. I, I agree with you. I, I'd be pleasantly surprised if when his opportunity comes, he doesn't, you know, make the goo-goo eyes at some other greener pasture in his mind. And I like him. I mean, I like it, both of them. You know, that's the thing. They're both, they're both different. They're both fine young men. They are. There's like no reason to complain about either one of them. It's just, they, you know, I think that Jalen Brown is going to want to be the guy. And as long as he's here, it's always going to be Jason. So that, in that case, they better get this done. <laughs> Next two years, they better get it right. Get it done. And, 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 Technically, they don't need improvement. I don't think they just need to play the right way that they know they can, that are capable of playing and take their chances. I take their chances with anybody if they play the right way. They don't need better players. They got enough good players, right. and they they made great move in the offseason with with Brogdon, obviously, and and uh, and and White has blossomed. I thought that was interesting to see how Popovich was beaming about the progress of White and how happy he was the other night talking about White and how much White a great kid. He loved him and the way he developed and he's happy for him. That was nice. And, uh, you know, and, and no, they got enough good players. And, and I, I think to, to, to do what they your need boy, to do. Your boy, your, your guy, Pop. I thought he was going to quit when Duncan quit. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he, he still likes to smell the gym. I guess he, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's, in, he's a septuagenarian now, you know, and, uh, um, but he's happy. Yeah. I, I, and he's, his record, you know, is going to be, I guess the, the W's and L's are going to be significantly different than, you know, and the final analysis than we thought they were going to be, you know, but, uh, his le- legacy is, is secure with the multiple championships, he's, you know, he's not going to be thought of any less and shouldn't be, you know, even though the Spurs are pretty bad right now. So I just I would I don't know if it'll ever happen. I want him in the booth now. Oh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, he'd be he'd be interesting. Very interesting, interesting, Bob. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know because he's he's not he would be unfiltered. He would be unfiltered. I'm pretty sure. You know, you, you wouldn't have to worry about that. And uh, that that would be. That How would about be this? Here's my thing. You put a put no disrespect to Van Gundy, Mike Breen, Perkins, and Pop. <laughs> that's a trio that's an interesting mix i always wanted the mix i always wanted when he was in college although the other guys off out of the picture right now was walton and dakich on the same point oh they, yeah that, yeah that docket that would have been interesting but that, that would have been interesting dakich's dakich dockage whatever he's gone so i don't know what they well the, the bill the only, bill by, bill by himself the, my, my last memory when i saw bill I asked him one question. I said, he goes, I got five minutes. I asked him one question. He went six. Oh, I said, I like to kid him. I said, Bill, I always like it when you finally get him out of talking about basketball. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was, Mike, it was a Mike and Tommy lunch. And I I, I don't know where he went. Uh, Bob, always a pleasure. Enjoy the games, bud. Thanks a lot. See you next week. All right. Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman. On uh, Tangway Along for the Ride, brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make every moment more now live in Boston. Go Pioneers!